During the war years, Diana Wentworth finds herself having to cope with tragic news, like so many others. But just as she starts to move on, there's yet another shock in store for the family. Diana Quick stars as Diana in The Years Between. Oh, look! Diana! You see the trout leaping? <laughs> you should have brought your rod! Oh, I can fish when I'm on my own. I love the view from here, don't you? Mm. The river, the trees, the fields, stretching down to your farm. The church spire in the distance. It's all so tranquil. You'd never think there was a war going on. Yes, we are very lucky. And there's poor Michael. God knows where. You still haven't heard from him? No. Mind you, that doesn't mean a thing. He was always the world's worst correspondent. <laughs> All those speeches and papers, but he could never write a letter to his wife. I'd better be getting back. Why don't you come and have supper with us? Won't you put Nanny out? She's never put out by you. <laughs> You're so easy. Not like Michael. He was always throwing her into a tizzy. I think she quite misses it now he's not here. You will come, won't you? After all, it's your eggs we'll be eating. I'd love to. Thanks. I do have an ulterior motive, too. Oh. I need your advice on some more beastly money matters. <laughs> Any time. Oh, what would I do without you? Mrs. Wentworth! Hello, Nanny. I can't be that late for supper. Oh, oh Mrs. Wentworth. Thank goodness. I've been looking everywhere. What is it? Sir Ernest Foster's here. He wants to see you urgently. Is it something to do with the gun? Oh, my God! The Years Between by Daphne du Maurier Adapted for radio by Jill Hyam With Diana Quick as Diana Roger Allen as Michael David Collings as Richard Frederick Treves as Ernest, and Peter England as Robin. Ah, Mediterranean Sea. Well, strain your eyes in that dark corner, Robin. Put away your book, there's a good boy. Do the blackout while I lay the tea. It's too early yet. Nan? Yes? Is the Mediterranean really as big as it looks on the map? Well, you're the one at school. You should know better than me. It looks enormous here. I'm sure an aeroplane wouldn't have much chance of being found once it was forced down. Help me get the tea now. I've managed to get honey as a treat. Come here, Sandy. You're not going indoors. There's Uncle Richard's. Hello, Uncle Richard. Hello there. No, Sandy, not with all that time. Lie down. Lie. I said lie. Lie. Good boy. <laughs> the magic touch. So, what have you been up to, young Robin? I've had a cold. Hello, Nanny. Good evening, Mr Llewellyn. Nanny wouldn't let me go out, or I'd have come over to the farm. Have you come for tea? Well, if Nanny has any to spare. Of course. Go and wash your hands, Robin. Yes, Nanny. And close the door. We don't want any draughts. Mrs Wentworth's not back yet? No, sir. She said she'd take the 310 and trust to getting a taxi at the station. Oh. No news, I suppose? No, sir. Was she expecting to hear anything in London? 
I don't know, sir. She said so little to me. Well, you know how she's been ever since she heard. Yeah. Sort of shut up in herself. Hmm. And I think how she's lived for the Colonel all these years. I'm sorry. I know how you feel, Nanny. But you mustn't give way. The house would fall to pieces but for you. It's the way it happened that made it seem so dreadful. The plane crashing and no trace found. I know. It's all been such a strain on her. And Robin's not himself. I wish to heaven I could do more to help. Oh, but you do, sir. Just knowing you're there means so much to Mrs Wentworth. She was saying so the day she went to London. Was she? People know where they are with you. <laughs> Thank you, Nanny. I must get you tea. Uh, Nanny. Yes, sir? I want you to feel, if you're ever worried about Mrs Wentworth or Robin, you can call on me. Thank you, Mr Llewellyn. The Colonel never spoke to me that way. Not all the time I've been with him. And then he was... is a gentleman of moods. <laughs> Do you think there's any hope, sir? Very little, I'm afraid. Hmm. Really good scones, these. Shall I pour you some more tea? Mm. Yes, please. There's a chap at our school called Dawson. His father was killed last year. Oh, tough luck. I say, it's getting a bit dark, isn't it? What about the blackout? You do that one, I'll do this. Uncle Richard? Mm-hmm. I've decided not to go into the army after all. Oh, why is that? Well, I never wanted to, really. But Daddy was so keen being in the regiment that I felt I had to. Now I can do as I like. Well, there's plenty of time to decide these things. I don't suppose Mummy would mind. She only agreed with Daddy because she had to. There's heaps of things I'd like to do that I've never had a chance to up to now. Fishing, for instance. <laughs> well, I'll take you sometime, if you like. Would you? Hmm. Perhaps you could teach me about farming, too. I might decide to farm like you. Mm, I'm delighted. Any time. I'm glad your leg kept you out of the army. <laughs> Thank you. Hello. She's back! Mm. <laughs> Hello, darling. You're awfully late. Oh, blame the railways. Mm. Is your cold a bit better? He's gone completely. Only Nanny won't believe me. Hello, Diana. Richard, how lovely. I was hoping you'd come. Oh. Dear, how I hate train journeys these days. What did you do in London? Were there any bombs? No. Did you go to the house and hear any debates? Not this time. The postman is a great one for politics. He says nothing will ever be the same when the war's over. That everyone will have lost so much and gained so little. I say, Robin, do me a favour. Take Sam into the kitchen and uh, give him a rub down. He's, he's too filthy to bring in here. All right. I'll feed him too. Sandy, come on, boy. Come on, come on. Good boy. Come on. I think the postman was right, don't you? Nothing will ever be the same again. But I wish you wouldn't put it in such a depressing way. <laughs> He's a depressing sort of chap. I suppose we'll all get a little harder and more bitter as the war goes on. Already people have altered since last year. There's not that defiant gaiety there used to be when the bombs were falling every night. It's all become a drab routine. Well, that tends to happen, you know. Danger is a great stimulus. We shouldn't need a stimulus. We ought to feel that kind of inspiration all the time. Diana, did anything happen when you were in London? Why do you ask? When you went away last Friday, you seemed so lost and helpless. 
And for the past three months you've been like that. Ever since you got the telegram. But now, tonight, although I know you're dog tired, there's a, a different look about you. Here we are. Nice pot of tea. Oh, thank you, Nan. Drink it while it's hot now. Yes, I will. You're right, Richard. I feel different. I've made a decision. I'm going to stand for North Alsea in Michael's place. Don't look so shocked. I'm sorry, but... You don't think I'm capable of doing it? No, it's not that. Ernest Foster and the others are very keen. They say I'm practically certain to be returned unopposed. You remember Michael's fantastic majority. I, I don't think you'll find any difficulty in being returned. What, then? Are you sure Michael would have approved? But, of course. That's what decided me. It's for his sake I'd be doing it. I know what he meant to you, Diana. What he'll always mean. I've, I've lived here long enough to know you never thought about yourself. Or even Robin, very much. Only of Michael. He was the centre of the world you created for him, and now that world has crashed. Do you really want to take his place? Isn't that something he might have misunderstood? Resented, even? You think I've certainly become ambitious, I suppose. That I want some sort of reflected glory. No, of course I... I well, you're absolutely wrong, Richard. I've never had any kind of personal ambition. I never wanted to be anything more than a background for Michael, ever. Now, as for taking his place, that would be impossible. I wouldn't even try. Then why? So that he won't be forgotten. Oh, don't you see? This way I can follow his views, his ideals, as closely as possible. I've thought of nothing else all this week in London. It's not a sudden, reckless impulse or some kind of dope to stop me thinking. You don't believe me, do you? I can see it in your face. No, it's not that. Oh, oh, answer it for me, would you? Hmm. Hello, the old manor. Yes, yes, she's just come in. Who is it, please? Oh, hold on, I, I'll get her. It's, uh, it's Ernest Foster. Oh, he said he'd ring to confirm things. Oh, Lord, what shall I say? Shall I, shall I ask for longer to think it over? Or say I've changed my mind? Or, or what? Tell me what to do, Richard. I can't advise you, Diana. It's something you have to decide for yourself. <sighs> Good evening, Ernest. Yes, I have. I stand by everything we agreed upon yesterday. Thank you. Um, well, I suppose I could come up again after the weekend. Thank you very much. Good night. Well, that's that, then. I've done it. <laughs> oh, Diana, my dear. You're so damn tired. It was true what you said. I'm not doing this for Michael's sake. I'm doing it for myself. No, no. I am. You were right about Michael. He's been my whole life. These last few months have been hell. And then, up in London, I suddenly realised my life doesn't belong to him anymore. It's mine. I can do what I like with it. And, oh, Richard, I suddenly felt... 
free. As if I was young again. Do you think you would understand? I don't know. You know what he was like. So alive. His personality was so strong, he seemed to put out the light in other people. You felt that, didn't you? I know he thought I was a dull stick. I'm probably right. No, not dull. Far from it. But Michael, in spite of his brilliance, had a funny sort of childishness about him at times. He needed so much love and understanding. You were happy with him, weren't you? Happy? I don't know. I'd never thought. What I was feeling never seemed to matter. It was just Michael. His needs. His comforts. I was thinking just now when Nanny brought in the tea how he would have hated our pigsty way of living. We still had staff when he went away and now Nanny cooking and me making the beds. <laughs> He'd have a fit. You won't be able to make beds when you're an MP. Oh, yes, I shall. And if I can't, I shall ring up the farm and ask you to leave your old pigs and do them for me. <laughs> I'm going to need your help, Richard. Badly. Are you? You know, I've no head for business or anything like that. You'll have to look after all my money affairs while I make my speeches. And you'll have to help me write them, too. And if the hecklers throw dead cats, you'll have to rescue them. <laughs> what a prospect. The post. All right, Mummy, I'll go. Thank you. One for you. A printed one. Official paid. What does it say? It's nothing. Just the telephone account. I'll go and finish feeding Sandy then. You will help me, won't you, Richard? I'm not sure I can do it on my own. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you for granting me the privilege of representing you as the member for North Arlsey. I promise you that I shall do my utmost to carry on the torch that my husband lit and to work as he did to make not only this constituency but the whole country a better place to live in. Well, you see, I told you to do it. Not without you. For our aim is to create a unified educational system that will cater for boys and girls of all ages and backgrounds. The very young will be looked after in nursery schools, the school leaving age would be raised to 15, and part-time education in county colleges would continue until the age of 18. But most importantly, the Act would pledge to introduce free secondary schools for all children from the age of 11. The future lies with our sons and daughters. What better investment can we make in their future? Congratulations, my dear. You. You're really making your mark. How proud Michael would be.
I won't keep you any longer, except to say thank you for coming along to the fete and for listening to me. And to those of you who have sons and husbands fighting, may you see them soon. I wish to all of them a safe and speedy return. Oh, well. Well done, Diana. That should do the trick. Splendid, splendid. An excellent speech, Mrs. Wentworth. Thank you, Vicar. I hope it was better than the one I made the first year. <laughs> when you called old General Bradshaw General Brandy. <laughs> Probably because you gave me a swig before I went on. <laughs> well, you certainly have got them moving again. I only wish they were more like you in Parliament. They might get a move on. I couldn't agree more, Vicar. She's a jolly good fellow. Oh, you stop that now, Robin. I hope you'll all come back to the house for a drink later. Oh, oh thank you, my dear. Do you want me to nip back and get things organised? Oh, Richard, would you be an angel? Hmm. We'll have them on the terrace, shall we? Hmm. I can recommend this sherry here, Sir Ernest. Yeah, sure again. <laughs> Pass the cigarettes round, would you, Robin? You know, Diana preached a sermon for me last week. Church was packed, just like the cinema on a Saturday night. Matins at eleven, featuring Diana Wentworth. <laughs> the trouble is that she's gone and spoilt the form for me. No one will ever listen to a word I say again. That's what the postman said to Nanny. Shh. Oh, good heavens, look at the time. I really must go. I require practice in exactly ten minutes. Oh, oh thank you so much, Diana. Uh, let me see you out. I bet the trout are rising. Are you a fisherman, young man? Rather. Richard taught him. He's become an enthusiast. May I run down now? Try my luck. All right, darling. I'm sure Sir Ernest will excuse you. Of course. Goodbye, sir. Goodbye. They grow up so fast, don't they? Terrible. Twelve last month. So, no more meetings for a month, eh? If you're sure you can manage without me. We can't, but we shall have to. <laughs> Richard is a lucky man. What exactly are the plans? We're going to get married very quietly in London and then just have a fortnight in Scotland. Richard can't leave the farm any longer and I must be back for the conference. Well, my very best wishes to you both for the future. I'm sure you'll be very happy. So am I. And uh, how does young Robin feel about it? We haven't told him yet. No one knows but you and Nanny. But there'll be no problem there. He adores Richard. I'll get it, Diana. No escape for the famous. Will Mrs. Wentworth open the new hostel for paralytic parsons <laughs> next week? No, she will not. <laughs> will Sir Ernest take a personal call? Can't she leave you in peace for a day? I told the floozy not to ring me in business hours. <laughs> it's a man, actually. Take it on the study extension, if you like, Ernest, so no one will hear your guilty secrets. <laughs> Every cabinet minister led as blameless a life as I do. The gossip columnists would have nothing to write about. <laughs> uh, Tired? A bit. I'll stay awake a moment longer. I have something for you. Mm -hmm. It's a pre-wedding present. Oh, Ricky. Now close your eyes and I'll put it on. Oh, there. It's beautiful. Where did you find it? Oh, just a little shop. Thank you, darling. Mm. <laughs> why do you spoil me so? <laughs> you know perfectly well why. <laughs> mm. Oh, it'll be so lovely in Scotland. Just the two of us. But I give you warning. None of your five-mile walks before <laughs> breakfast. You shall have your breakfast in bed every morning. Uncle Richard! Oh, he went down to the river. What's the matter? 
I've hooked a whopper. Come and see. <laughs> you better go. Why did I teach that boy to fish? Coming. <laughs> Hello, Ennis. Has something happened? Yes. They've been trying to get us for hours. The telephone must have been ringing while we were all the fate. Uh, I think you should have another drink, Diana. Oh, it can't be that serious. I'm afraid it is. Here. What is it? Drink that. For God's sake, tell me. I don't know how to. Is there a government crisis? It's not a political crisis. It's a personal one. I'm afraid you and Richard won't be able to go away. Does it urge? Now listen to me, my dear. That was my brother John on the telephone. He's the one who was in command of the destroyer Valiant. He was speaking from Portsmouth. They docked there five hours ago. I still don't see what they have with them on board. Someone who wants to see you. Someone who was picked up by John's ship from an isolated spot near the German coast and who, for the last three years, has been making his way through occupied countries while the world believed he was dead. Michael. Yes. John says he wasn't hurt, not injured in any way, though God knows what he's been through. He's just completely exhausted. The only thing he craved was sleep. He was still asleep when they docked at Portsmouth. And as soon as he woke, he asked for you. Oh, Michael. John has got him ashore now with the CNC at Portsmouth. He wants us to motor down there tonight. Oh, Ernest. My dear, I wish I knew what to say to you. You know, I'm a very old friend of you both. The thing to cling to is that Michael is alive and well. Yes. I expect you'd rather be alone for a while. Please. Well, take your time. No need for us to start for an hour or two. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, my God. Would you rather I told him? No. No. I'll go and make the arrangements then. Oh, I don't believe it. It's a champion. How much do you think it weighs? Oh, it's three pounds at least. Here's Mummy. Come and see what I've caught. Blow me the young blight has landed the biggest fish. What's happened? I need to talk to you, Richard. What's the matter, Mummy? Go along, Robin. Leave us alone. But... Do as I tell you. What is it? It's Michael. He's alive. He's come back. What? They found him somewhere near the German coast. He's not wounded or anything. He's come right through Europe from... I don't know. I, I, I couldn't take it in. Yeah. They want me to go down to Portsmouth with Ernest tonight. Yes. 
Of course. He'll come back. Expecting to find everything the same. He'll want his home again. All the things he loved. Yes. He mustn't be worried about anything. He'll need peace and quiet. We must keep it from him about you and us. He must find everything unchanged, mustn't he? If you think that's for the best. I can't go through it alone. You'll help me, won't you? Please, Ricky. Please. You know I will. You'll have to be at the farm, of course, for the time being, until... Uh, until we can make plans. He'll expect to find you here, about the place. It'll seem quite natural that you've been helping me. I can explain how wonderful you've been over business matters and everything, uh, and how you've helped Robin. Robin. Someone's got to tell him. The Colonel. Alive? Oh, madam. Mrs. Wentworth is going down to Portsmouth with Sir Ernest this evening. He's talking to his chauffeur now. We understand the Colonel's quite all right, just very tired. He's had a terrible time. Yes, sir. Nanny, I think you're the best person to tell Robin. I simply don't know how to do it. I'll do my best. You must make him understand that Mr. Llewellyn and I... That there's no question now. Mrs. Wentworth is anxious, Nanny, that the Colonel should come home to find nothing changed. Yes, sir. I understand. I think Robin's old enough to realise what's happened. I, I'll try and talk to him myself. Oh, Richard. There'll be a lot to do. There'll be the Colonel's room to get ready and... He'll expect everything as it used to be. Oh, Mr. Llewellyn. Madam, I'll do everything I can do to help. Oh. Would you answer it, Nanny? Say, I can't take any calls tonight. Yes, madam. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Who is it? I, I can't hear you. It's a trunk call, madam. Hello? Yes, it is. One moment, sir. It's him. The colonel. I'd, I'd better leave. Richard! Oh. Good night. Hello? Michael? Oh, Michael. Darling. He's coming home this evening. It, I know. Your mother telephoned. It was on the wireless about him escaping through all those enemy territories. Did you hear? Yes. He's a real hero, your father. You must be very proud of him. Yes. I imagine how impressed the boys at school will be. Uncle Richard? Yes? I wish... 
I know, Elsa. I don't want things to change. They're bound to, Robbie. Will you still come and see us? Your father will want to be alone with Mummy to begin with. But you and she will still be friends, won't you? Of course, but that'll be different. She won't need me so much now. It's not going to be easy for any of us. Your father's going to have a, a lot to adjust to as well. But we must try to help each other through. Can I still go fishing with you? <laughs> Is everything all right? Where's Robin? I think he's over at the farm. We left the colonel at the gate. He wanted to walk up through the woods, though I tried to persuade him not to. The doctor wanted him to stay longer, but he insisted on coming home at once. Well, that's only natural, isn't it? Oh, Nan, he looks so strained and tired. I brought down some extra groceries and I managed to get some wine. I tried to get the room right, but somehow... Oh, that is good of you. He hasn't asked any questions about his home, us, anything at all. And he's told me nothing about himself. The doctor said he was suffering terribly from reaction. More than anything, he must have peace and quiet. He won't be worried from the village. I've seen to that. And I believe the vicar said a word in church yesterday. Um, Mr Llewellyn was here earlier. He said if there was anything you wanted him for, anything special, he'd come over. But, but he wouldn't be coming otherwise. He didn't leave a letter? No, ma'am. Oh, these came this morning. A poor postman could hardly walk up the drive. They're mostly for you, but there's a few for the Colonel. Messages of congratulation, I suppose. They'll all have to be answered, too. You'll have to get Miss Jameson down from London to do that. Miss Jameson? Oh, I'd forgotten for the moment I had such a thing as a secretary. Does the Colonel know about you being a member of... No, not yet. Oh, excuse me, madam. Is this box to go in the kitchen? Oh, yes, please. Nanny, this is Fanning, the Colonel's new servant. He joined us today. Good evening. Good evening. We should be able to manage all right, then. I have Mrs Willis coming in every morning, and she's promised to come in during the evening for an hour to help with the washing up, but I don't suppose she will. I dare say Venning will help with that, too. Oh, well, yes, madam. <clears throat> well, come along, then. Nanny will show you to your room, and then we can open the groceries and the wine. If you'd like to follow me... Home, sweet home. Welcome back, darling. All right, not too tired. Where's the old cabinet? What? Oh, and we had it moved out of the way upstairs. It seemed to take up so much space. Altered the room somehow. Odd. And... The table has been shifted too, hasn't it? I don't think so. I used to imagine this when I was out there. All seemed so clear and distinct. There were always roses in a white bowl. <laughs> There's the bowl. 
But alas, no roses. I'm afraid I've had to let the garden go. Thompson was called up. I'll have the old cabinet moved down in the morning. Good. And now I come to think of it, that table isn't right. We used to have the flap up. No, no, don't bother. It, it doesn't matter. Oh, you've overdone it, walking up like that. Put your feet up and relax a little. Oh. Would you like your dinner in bed tonight? God, no, I'm not a blasted invalid. The doctor said you needed all the rest you could get. Doctors are a bunch of fools and hypocrites. All I need is this. Where's Venning? Unpacking your things. Do you want him? I thought he might open that case of drink. Oh, Nanny and I can do that. Nanny? Lord, I was forgetting her. She's been absolutely splendid. Turns a hand to everything. I don't understand this servant business. Why can't you pay them more? It's not a question of money, darling. They've all been called up. Well, Venning will do the dirty work. Venning? Venning is upstairs. Can I do anything? Nanny. Welcome home, sir. Return of the soldier. And all the trumpets had sounded for him on the other side. How are you, Nanny? Very well, thank you, sir. He hasn't changed much, has he, madam? A little thinner, perhaps, but otherwise just the same. Yes, just the same. Only rather more difficult than before. You can't be a fugitive for three years and get away with it entirely. No, sir. Our starved I was most of the time. Practically naked. Oh, Michael. No worry, I'm not going to force my lurid tales upon you. I'll save them for the House of Commons. As Colonel Wentworth walked into the stranger's gallery, cheers echoed from end to end of the historic building. Or didn't they? All right, Nanny, would you go and open that box of wine in the kitchen? Yes, madam. <sighs> Poor Nanny. She's never been at ease with me since I told her that Robin was the worst-mannered child in the country. She's very devoted to all of us. Fidelity is always touching. That's a hell of a lot of correspondence you've got there. What's it all in aid of? The conquering hero? I expect so. You're turning them over like one of those grim committee women who run things with such dire efficiency. Perhaps I do. You'll have to drop it then. Now I'm home. Stop fidgeting, Diana. Come and sit down. Oh, later. I must just go and give a hand with that crate first. Venning can do that. What's the damn fellow for? Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run. What are you doing with my rod? I'm sorry. I didn't know you were back. I... Never mind the rod. Come here, let's have a look at you. My God, you look so different. You were a little chap in shorts when I went away. I'm twelve. You still take that teddy bear to bed with you? Good Lord, no. Nan gave it to an evacuee ages ago. I hope you're quite well. That's uncommonly considerate of you. I might be worse. And what of yourself? I'm fine, thank you. The war news is good, isn't it? We're bombing the Germans to blazes. Are we? Tell me, what's happened to the old iron gates at the entrance to the woods? Oh, Mummy gave them for salvage. Salvage? Don't you know? Iron railings were melted down everywhere and turned into bombs. 
Mummy made a speech about it the other day. She did what? Oh, um, nothing. Does Mummy often make speeches? Yes, no. Sometimes. I expect you saw a lot of men killed where you've been, didn't you? I saw a hell of a lot who'd have been happier killed. But tell me more about the Iron Gates. That's much more important. I don't really know any more. I think I'll go and see what Mummy's doing. Mummy went to see what Nanny was doing. I expect they're seeing about supper. It's made a bit of extra work, you see. You're coming home. I'm sorry. Oh, careful. Oh, sorry. Uh, where shall I put the drinks, sir? Oh, stick them anywhere. Move that junk off the table. Have you come across an old brown velvet jacket hanging in the wardrobe upstairs, on the left as you go into the room? There's nothing hanging in any of the wardrobes, sir. No, I suppose there wouldn't be. Uh, shall I pour you one, sir? Yes. Thanks. And can you pass me those letters on the side? Will there be anything else, sir? Uh, you might ask Nanny if all my clothes were given away. Yes, sir. Let's see now. Colonel Wentworth, Colonel Wentworth, Mrs. Wentworth, M.P. Mrs. Wentworth, M.P. Diana? Diana! I'm sorry about your brown jacket. Venning just asked me. You see, there were all these bombed people and we never... Never mind the jacket. What is it? Is this true? Mrs. Wentworth, M.P.? Yes. <laughs> God, how damn funny! And how long have you been one of His Majesty's faithful commons? Ever since you... you went. It was for your sake I did it. And they pressed me, Lord Gresham and Ernest Foster and the others. What was your majority? I was unopposed. Sob stuff, I suppose. Widow's weeds and so on. Perhaps. My husband gave his life for his country, and for those of you who hold his memory dear... Please, Michael. Well, isn't that the line you took? It never fails. You're angry. Why should I be angry? It's the funniest thing I've heard in ages. I told you when you were sorting through those letters that you look like a woman who sits on committees. What a shot in the dark. Michael, darling... Uh, of course it's a surprise to you. It was to me. I never thought for a moment I was capable of carrying out the work I do today. What else have you achieved besides giving away my gates for salvage? The gates? Oh, the salvage drive is just a local thing. No, I mean work in the house. We got the education bill passed. I was on the committee and they used one or two of my suggestions. My, oh, my. It will have a tremendous effect on the schools. They're considering a form of national service, too. Are they, indeed? And we're hoping to get the housing bill through during the next session. Oh, Michael, the things I've learnt. The living conditions we've allowed to exist all these years. And yet we call it a civilised country. So it is. Damned civilised compared to the countries I've come from. Yes, but that's different. Is it? Go on, tell me more about your housing bill. I have the report somewhere. You shall read it after supper. There won't be a single house after the war, or a flat, or a tiny cottage, without a bathroom. And that's just one small step. Supposing people don't want baths? Oh, they won't get away with it. Inspectors will go round to make sure the baths are used. <laughs> you think it's a waste of time, I suppose. 
Not if it keeps you happy in your monkey house. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to hurt you. Just that I've been living all these months in such a different world. I know. I do understand. No, you don't. I told you just now that when I was out there, I used to imagine this house, this room. I saw nothing changed. And I'm not the only one. All those ordinary chaps, they want to come back to the life they knew. Pint of beer in the pub, pictures on a Saturday night, the woman they love. They don't want to come home to conscription bills and compulsory baths. Oh, I've described it all so badly. No, too well. But, Michael, you wouldn't have us put the clock back and return to where we were before. Why not? I thought we were fighting for a new world. Was the old one so bad? Well... I don't know. But I think we all feel rather differently about it here at home. Safe in an English churchyard, snore the businessman who won the war. While by the foreign seas they crossed it, happens lie the men who lost it. Oh, Michael. I wanted your homecoming to be so peaceful. And now I've spoiled it for you. No, I'm to blame. I might have known the picture couldn't quite come true. The Iron Gate's gone and the roses and Robin, a schoolboy in long trousers. Let's forget all about it, shall we? Will you also forget that I'm a member of Parliament? You enjoy it, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. What is it, Venning? Uh, the um, nurse wishes to know about the time for dinner, madam. Uh, tell her we'll be ready in half an hour. I never used to eat this early. In those days, Nanny didn't have to act as cook as well as everything else. It suits us better this way. I'm surprised Nanny and Venning don't have to eat with us in this brave new world of yours. Of course not. Thank God for that. All I want is to be alone with you. Yes, darling. You won't mind Robin, though. He eats supper with me as a rule. So long as he goes to bed directly afterwards. I say this chicken's good. It came from the farm. Old Richard's still in charge there? Yes. How is he? Very well. Not married or anything? No. I'm surprised. I'd have thought one of those buxom land girls would have snapped him up by now. Well, they haven't. What does Richard think about you gadding round the country as a member of Parliament? I think he's used to it, like everyone else. Except me. 
What would you like to do after dinner? I'd like us to sit in the library together and listen to a bit of music. The way we used to. Where's that tapestry work you used to do? <laughs> I gave that up a long time ago. It was so restful. Yes, but it wasn't any use to anyone. This is a balaclava helmet. I have a working party in the village, and everything goes up to a central depot. It's truth. What do you think about when you're knitting the committee stage of the housing bill? No. No, I was just thinking how strange it is. You and I sitting here together, just like old times. Almost as though... as though nothing had ever happened. Has anything happened? No. Of course not. Only the war. Just in time to help me muck out the pigs. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> I've got a note for you from Mummy. Here. Thank you. And she says, why haven't you been to visit us? I've been pretty busy. I went down to Wales for a few days last week. Was that instead of Scotland? Uh, in, a, in a way. It was a pity you couldn't go. <laughs> couldn't be helped. How is Mummy? All right. I hope she isn't overdoing it. She must have quite a bit on her plate one way or another. Yes. And your father? Is he getting used to being home again? I don't think he's frightfully keen on Mummy being an MP. <laughs> it must have come as a bit of a shock. Yes. Uncle Richard. Hmm? Dad wants me to go fishing with him. You don't mind, do you? Of course not, Robin. He's your father. I am most grateful for your message of congratulation on my husband's miraculous return. I am at present rather uncertain of my movements and under the circumstances I feel it best to refuse your kind invitation uh, to speak at the annual meeting of the British Women's Council, your sincerely, etc. Was there anything else? Miss Gower asked you down on Wednesday week, if you remember, for an inspection. I left it open because I thought you might be especially interested. I am. But I don't see how I can manage it. Diana, look, it's too bad. These books are absolutely green with mildew. Are they? Yes. My first editions, too. And with the devil do you think I found them? In an old box in the garage beside a lot of junk. Oh, darling, I'm terribly sorry. I'll go through all of them later. But I must 
get through these letters first. You say that every morning, and yesterday you went through till lunchtime and then dashed off to some totally unnecessary meeting in the afternoon. It wasn't unnecessary, Michael. It was very important. A lot of women yattering about nothing at all. Your wife is a very busy person, Colonel Wentworth. You've said it, Miss Jameson. So damn busy she hasn't time to look after her home or her husband. Go ahead, both of you. Don't mind me, I won't interrupt your affairs of state. Where were we, Miss Jameson? About that letter to Miss Gower. Perhaps I should ring her personally. Then there's only the message you promised to send to the big GTC rally at Westminster. You remember we started it, and then we were interrupted. Oh, yes. Hmm. Let's see. Um... Nothing will matter to you any more now but your duty to your country. Just as you once played for the side in hockey or lacrosse and thought only of your school team, so now you will put aside all thought of personal selfishness and um, become one small unit in the great army of women that is helping in so... So large a measure to win this war. <sighs> the girls of today are the women and mothers of tomorrow. Much of the responsibility of today will rest upon your shoulders. We none of us want to return to the... Um, uh, the slack, go as you please, Britain, that existed before the war. But side by side with our menfolk. Uh, Michael, please, it's impossible to concentrate. Uh, will you repeat that, Miss Jameson? Side by side with our menfolk. Uh, we shall build a saner, stronger Britain where slackness and inefficiency will not be tolerated, where everyone will work for the community, and our children will be brought up to service, duty, and obedience to the state. Christ, what an outlook. Who do you say is going to listen to that tripe? The Westminster Division of the Girls' Training Corps. You mean to tell me that old Gresham and Ernest Foster and the rest talk that language too? What's wrong with it? Before I left this country, I remember making a speech in the House about freedom. The right for every man to think for himself, choose for himself, and do as he bloody well pleased. I understood that was what we were fighting for. So it is. You could have fooled me. I think, Miss Jameson, we'd better leave this until tomorrow. I've spoilt your train of thought. It doesn't matter. Oh, but it does. Those girls are the women and mothers of tomorrow. You mustn't keep them waiting. Goodbye, Mrs Wentworth. How many words per minute, Miss Jameson? Sixty-five. Admirable efficiency. Well, what about your duty to your husband and cleaning some of this mildew off his books? I'm afraid they're spoiled. I'm very sorry. Seeing you're so hot on service and efficiency, it's a pity you don't exercise it more in your own home. Who left them to moulder in the garage? I did. I put them there for salvage. The first editions must have got mixed up with the other books. We had this salvage drive and the village promised to donate 500 books. My dear girl, do you honestly believe that if all the books in the house were boiled down to a pulp, they would help the war effort in the slightest? Michael... 
What's happened to you? Nothing. Why? You've changed so. Three years ago, you had so much enthusiasm and drive. You believed in this war as a crusade against evil. <sighs> and now that it's nearly over, you make a mockery of everything. You say I've changed. What about you? Three years ago, you were quiet and gentle. You had that wonderful quality of stillness that was the thing I loved most about you. And I come home to find a managing, restless woman who's always going to meetings or having interminable conversations on the telephone. I can't And don't pretend it it's just patriotism. It's become your life. You are that sort of woman. It's not true. Oh, yes, it is. The woman I married died with me when I crashed into the sea in 1942. I've tried very hard to be the woman you remembered. God, don't tell me. I've seen you forcing yourself to play a part you'd forgotten. Not only you, but Robin, Nanny, the house itself, plunging back into a past that none of you wanted. Oh, my God. I'm not blaming you or anyone. The dead should not return. You mustn't say that. We were happy once. Well, we're not happy now, are we? Not your fault, not mine. The years between. For you, no doubt. Hello? Oh, hello, Ernest. Yes, he's here with me now. He's very much better, quite himself again. Whenever you like. It's Ernest. He wants to come down and see you today. Tell him to go to hell. He'll be delighted to see you. There must be heaps of things you want to discuss. And I want to see you. The news is wonderful, isn't it? I can't believe it's really true. No. No, we haven't talked about it much. No, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one thing to be done. I must stand down for Michael. Oh, but surely there's no question about it. All right. Well, why not come right away, have lunch with her? Well, after lunch, then. Fine, we'll see you later. Bye, Ernest. What exactly were you saying to him? What I feel is right. You must go back to the Commons where you belong. And I, I shall return to the home I seem to have neglected. When did you first think about this? Directly you came back. No, I'm lying. Before I went to Portsmouth, that first evening when Ernest told me you were safe. This Parliament stuff means a lot to you, doesn't it? Yes. At least I thought it did. Now, I, I, I'm not so sure. I've made you doubtful, haven't I? Here I am, like an evil ghost, breaking your new world to pieces. Oh, I don't want a new world. I only want the people who live in it to be happy. With compulsory baths, compulsory babies. You deliberately misunderstand everything I try to tell you. Perhaps I do. Perhaps because I want you still and quiet like you were before. I want it to be winter and the curtains drawn with you there on the sofa doing some tapestry and Robin asleep upstairs with his teddy bear. The old world for which I fought and did not die. I failed you. When you needed me most. Would you really stand down for me?
chuck politics aside and be the one I knew. If it would only make you happy. Yes. But would it make you happy too? Look who's come to visit me at last. Richard Coeur de Lyon. Greetings. Michael. It's good to see you in one piece. Hello, Diana. Why the devil haven't you been to see me before? I've been pretty busy, I'm afraid. The fact is, Robin was over at the farm and he fell into the stream. I ran him a bath and wrapped him up and I, I came over for a change of clothes. I, I couldn't find Annie in the kitchen. Your elaborate excuses are entirely unnecessary. Have a glass of beer. Is Robin quite all right? Oh, yes, yes. He, he got soaked through, that's all. It wasn't deep. I'll go and see about some clothes for him. Excuse me. Three weeks I've been back and not a sign of you. I, I didn't think you'd want outsiders butting in on your first few weeks at home. You're one of the family. To Robin, at any rate. He seems to spend all his time at the farm. Oh, thanks. Cheers. Yes. Diana tells me you've given her a hand with money matters and helped her in a hundred ways. I'm very grateful. Uh, least I could do. I suppose the war hasn't touched you at all. Only indirectly. Do you really think it's all but over? Question of hours, I'd say. We'll be caught napping, of course, as unready for peace as we were for war. And it's going to take the devil of a time to clear up the mess. And I suppose you'll know more about that part of it than anyone over here. Our people will listen to you, won't they? The soldiers have done so already. I don't give a damn about the politicians. Take a pew. Oh, thank you. you know, what impressed me enormously was the work of the underground movements. Did you come across many of them? The resistance chaps, I mean. Only live with them day and night for the best part of three years. Oh, it must have been pretty difficult evading capture. Oh, not so bad. Once things got organised and I could get my reports through to this country. Reports? Every day, by wireless. From my somewhat mobile HQ. You talk as though you were on some official job. I was. I don't follow. Somebody had to do the spade work. Hadn't they? Somebody who knew the countries, spoke the languages. Someone who was supposed to have gone to glory when his plane crashed in the Mediterranean. What do you mean? It was all planned. I mean, the crash, everything. Yes. Meticulously. And you did it deliberately, knowing that Diana would believe you dead. There was no choice. One weak link, and the scheme would have failed. I suppose you're the most courageous man I've ever known. Not courageous. Just filled with a sublime conceit. Does Diana know? Not yet. I... I don't think I should tell her if I were you. You think a woman wouldn't understand? She might find it difficult. I mean, all those months of anguish. I don't know why I told you. A sudden impulse. We've never known each other very well, have we? No. Well, here's to our closer friendship. <laughs> I'm afraid that's not very likely. What do you mean? I'm leaving the farm in a few days. For good? Yes. Yes, I've taken a small holding in Wales. What on earth for? I've 
I was brought up there. I've always loved the place. And if this war is really ending, there'll be plenty of work for me to do there. I say, Richard, I am sorry. Diana and Robin will miss you so much. <laughs> I don't think so. Not now they've got you home again. You took an awful risk, didn't you, when you crashed into the sea? Yes. Sometimes, out there, I wondered what I should feel like if I came home and found that Diana had married again. <laughs> God, it was one of my worst nightmares. Instead of which, I returned to find her a blasted politician. Have some more beer? Uh, no, no, thank you. I, I, I must get back to the farm. Here's a sweater and a pair of shorts. It's so untidy. Things all over the place. Have you heard, Diana? Richard's going to leave us. Leave us? What do you mean? Going back to the land of his father's, taking a farm in Wales. Richard! That's a very sudden decision, isn't it? Not so very sudden. When do you propose to go? In a few days. War will be over any time now. I'd like to be in Wales when the aftermath begins. Help straighten the muddle. The aftermath? That goes for all of us, I suppose. It will take us the rest of our lives to straighten out the muddle this war has made. Who's being bitter now? Why don't you stay to lunch? Uh, you know, Robin will be waiting for his clothes. Venning can take them across to the farm. Tell him he must stay, Diana. Yes, why not? If we're not going to see much of you in the future. Talking of which, let's find out what the latest news is. Yesterday, at 2.41, Grand Admiral Dönitz, designated head of the German state, signed an act of unconditional surrender of all German land, sea and air forces in Europe. Hostilities will end officially at one minute after midnight tonight. His Majesty the King will broadcast to the nation and the world this evening at nine o'clock. Peace finds us somewhat ill-prepared. Good morning. Oh, so earnest. I'm rather early. I expect the Colonel is still having lunch. Uh, they're just finishing, sir. Ah. Uh, may I take your coat? Oh, thank you. Wonderful news, isn't it, sir? All over at last. Yes, indeed. Now the real work begins. Uh, that's true. <laughs> How do you find the Colonel, then? Oh, uh, up and down, sir. He has his bad days. <laughs> still, he'll be able to put all that behind him now. Uh, Tell them I'm here, would you? I won't disturb them. I'll wait in the library. Uh, yes, sir. My dear Ernest, why the Gestapo entrance? Come along and have some cheese and coffee. Cheese and coffee be damned. Don't you know the war's over? I had heard. Besides, I want to talk to you before seeing Diana. I'd better shut the door, then. You're looking better. More like your old self again? Perhaps to you, not to others. Uh, the war has been straight enough for all of us. 
But for you, it must have been intolerable. On the contrary, responsibility sat very lightly on my shoulders. Michael, I, I was only told the whole story of what you did a couple of days ago. At first, I could hardly believe it. I'm not surprised. It was a crazy thing to do. Perhaps. But your work has helped us to achieve victory six months earlier than we expected. And now it's only a question of putting out the flags. But for those who really know, the work has only just begun. Well, what is it you wanted to see me about? The reward for my labours? Are you about to hand it to me on a silver salver? You know perfectly well why I've come. Yes, damn you. It's no use, Ernest. I'm not going back again. It's someone else's turn. But you know what's needed in Europe, Michael. Better than anyone over here. You've spent three years living close to the people, looking at the world with their eyes. Yes. Three years they can't give me back. You're not the man to shrug your shoulders and leave them alone now the fighting's over. Aren't I? That's where you're wrong. I've lost three years because of the people of Europe. Three years and a lot more besides. Now I'm going to make up for the time I've lost. I want to get to know my wife and son all over again. I want to rebuild my own home and to hell with other people. Of course, if you feel as strongly as that, there's no more to be said. God knows, after what you've been through, you have a right to put your family first. Three years was a long time to lie dead. Isn't that just what I've been trying to tell you? Ernest, why didn't you come into the dining room? What are you two discussing so secretly? A matter of national importance, which has been badly received. You sound very solemn. Do I come into it? My beloved wife, Ernest, feels the safe seat of North Alsea rocking from under her. I must admit her political position is unique. Who do you think is the legal member for North no, Alsea? Hello, Sir Ernest. Colonel Wentworth, believed by the constituents to be lying peacefully under foreign waters, or the charming and conscientious wife who succeeded him. What's your opinion, Richard, mm -hmm. as one completely unbiased? Surely that's a matter for you and Diana to discuss together. What a model of discretion. No taking sides. What an agreeable companion you must be. <clears throat> Won't you have some coffee, Ernest? He's already been asked. Ernest, why don't we continue our unprofitable conversation in the garden? I shall see you later, Diana. Yes, of course. <clears throat> well, uh, th thank you for lunch. I, I must be getting back to the farm. Can I come with you? Robin, I want to talk to Uncle Richard. Would you mind leaving us alone for a little while? Yes, all right, Mum. Do you grudge even five minutes alone with me? Diana. You haven't been near me once, not once in the past month. And when I stoop to sending you messages by Robin, you don't even answer them. I'm sorry. And now you're going away. What else can I do? Don't you love me anymore? Love you? Christ. Do you know what it's been like for me these days and nights? Oh, Ricky. Oh, Dad, can we go fishing tomorrow? Yes, oh. bring your own rod. Oh. You see, that's why I have to go away. Don't let's pretend to one another. You want me to visit you when Michael's not there, to meet you secretly in the woods? Do you want me to be that sort of man? I don't know. I can't go on like this any longer. Oh, my love. I've tried so hard to be the same for him, the one he wants, the one he used to know. But it's no use. I'm, I'm not that woman anymore. 
But he loves you. Even so. I'm not even sure of that. He's so different, so bitter and strange. Oh, I know he's been through hell, and I shouldn't criticise, but none of our interests are the same. None of our thoughts. We're just not in tune anymore. Well, what are we going to do? Are you thinking of telling him about everything? I don't know. Would you really do that? Come away with me to Wales. Oh, if only. Shall I tell you what would happen if you did? We'd find a little happiness together for a time. We'd, we'd build a cottage in the wilds and think only of ourselves. And then, gradually, his shadow would come between us. And there'd be no peace anymore. Only doubt and guilt. I'm right, aren't I? And if I stay with him and you are alone, do you think that will give me peace of I, mind? I don't know. But he is your husband. And you have Robin. I mean, that'll always be a bond between you. We were going to be so happy, you and I. Yes. It's the little things I miss so much. You going through my speeches with me. Correcting my grammar. <laughs> you doing my income tax. <laughs> Our funny supper's on a tray. Other people snatch happiness and find a middle way. It wouldn't be so difficult but for us, But we are not other people. We're neither of us any good at deception. I, I love you too much to snatch at happiness. That's why I'm going away. Richard, this may be the last time we're alone together. Will you kiss me? You... You do know how much I love you. Yes. I'll... I'll go out the back way. Goodbye. Is anything the matter? Oh, Michael, I didn't see you. No, why should there be? You look a bit pale. Where's Richard? He's gone. Elusive fellow. I was just telling Ernest here about your stirring message to the girls' training corps. I wish you'd keep your mockery to yourself. Here we are, Ernest. The efficient Miss Jameson has left her a carbon copy, the climax of the speech about the stronger, saner Britain. Please, Michael, do... Our children shall be brought up to service, duty and obedience to the state. A damn good thing, too. Thank you, Ernest. Oh, yes. The girls of the GTC will come away bursting with enthusiasm. But does Diana really mean it? Are any of us here prepared to sacrifice ourselves to service, duty and obedience? Sometimes there is no alternative. Rubbish, there is always an alternative. We can throw our cap over the mills and say to hell with this. Isn't that so, Diana? I don't know. Wouldn't you like to try, just as an experiment? <laughs> For months I've been trying to persuade Diana to run away with me, but alas, she will insist that members of Parliament don't do these things. But I don't intend to be a member of Parliament much longer, as I've already told you. 
Now Michael is home, I've no right to the seat at all. There'll be a general election in a few weeks anyway. You know, Ernest, her face alone is good for a couple of thousand votes. No, Michael, I'm serious about this. Ernest, you believe me? Of course I do. But I assure you, the people of North Owsley would far rather be looked after by you than this madman. Anyway, he tells me he's going to forsake public life and take his ease. He turned down my proposal before I even made it. And what was your proposal? Ernest and his fellow conspirators want me out of the way again. He's come down to offer me a job, which I declined to take. What kind of job? A kind of benefactor come policeman. Won't you tell me the truth, Ernest? He's talked in riddles ever since he came back. I know nothing of his life these past three years except what I've read in the newspapers. He doesn't want to tell me about it. Too many ghosts looking over my shoulder. Perhaps Michael wants to spare you the history of his three years, Diana, just as you might want to spare him yours. Anyway, you can take from me that your husband is one of the bravest men alive. Oh, no, he's not. He's an almighty coward. He's so afraid of being hurt that he would like to walk the world blindfold with his fingers in his ears. Michael! Hello? I'm back! There's the poor devil I'm sorry for. He's the one who'll have to pay for all the mistakes we make. Hello, darling. Come on in, Robin. Ever drunk champagne? I don't think so. Well, we're going to drink it now. Venning? Champagne at three in the afternoon. What better way to bring in the peace? Yes, sir? Venning, I found a bottle of champagne in the cellar and stuck it in the study. Bring it, and glasses too, for us and for yourself and Nanny. Oh, thank you, sir. We're going to drink to the future, Robin, and rejoice that your father is with us again. Your mother is going to be the first woman Prime Minister. Oh, Ernest. <laughs> Where's Uncle Richard? He went back to the farm. He ought to have been here to drink to the future, too. Uh, is this right, sir? Bollinger 28. Couldn't be more right. Uh, come in, Nanny. Uh, I know you're teetotal, but I want you both to join us in a glass of champagne in honour of the occasion. Thank you, sir. Wonderful sound. I isn't this the stuff people drink at weddings? Yes, that's right. And occasionally at funerals of the better sort... When the deceased is safe beneath the ground. Has everyone got a glass? Yes. Yes, yes, Well, then, to your brave new world, Diana. <sighs> what a beautiful evening. A fitting one for peace. The birds think so, too. More coffee, Ernest? No, thank you. You mustn't let me forget the time. I've got to drive back to London before dark. Can't you stay and hear the church bells? They're all going to ring again tonight, before the nine o'clock news. Ours are going to ring in the village here, aren't they, Mummy? Not like on Sundays. No, the genuine peal like we had before the war. Do you remember when we last heard that, Diana? No, when was it? That Sunday in September, before war was declared... We went to church together. You were wearing a blue check suit. Suddenly the siren went. You put out your hand to me. It was in the middle of the creed. Yes. I remember now. A long time ago, that. Anyway, you both came out of it unscathed. Oh, yes. We were the lucky ones. Come and show me the blue border, Diana. And we'll pretend the war never happened. Alas, the blue border went a long time ago. There's a lot of beetroot there now. Why don't you take a look at that? Why not? 
Matter of fact, I've become rather addicted to beetroot. Ugh, I hate it. I think I might go and sort out the rest of my books. Do you want me to help you, Dad? No, it's all right. I might go over to the farm then, see what Uncle Richard is doing. How do you feel about him going to Wales? It's rotten. I'm sure he doesn't really want to go. The farming's not half so good there. You like him, don't you? You bet. He taught me to fish. With my rod. We didn't know you'd be coming back. No. That must have made rather a difference. It'll seem strange without him. Though lately, of course, he hasn't been here like before. Before I came home. Well, yes. Yours wasn't such a bad war, was it, Robin? We had a bomb once, half a mile away. There's an enormous crater still. I wasn't thinking about bombs. <laughs> Tell me something, Robin. What plans did you and Mummy have for your Easter holidays? If I hadn't come home. Oh, I was going to stay with Dawson. That's a school friend of mine for part of the holidays, while Mummy and Uncle Richard were. Yes. It's all right. You can tell me. We're in Scotland. Scotland. Whereabouts? Some little cottage Uncle Richard had taken. They were going to do all the cooking themselves. Then Mummy had to be back before the twenty-ninth because of a meeting in London, and we were all three going to the flat to have a week doing theatres and things before I went back to school. I'm sorry I spoiled the plan. You couldn't help it. Run along to the farm now. Are you sure you don't want me to help with the books, Dad? I don't think I'll bother with them after all. I'll see you later then. Hmm. Benning. 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 Sir, I shall be going up to London this evening with Sir Ernest. Will you pack a suitcase with my pajamas, shaving kit, usual things? Sir, and I shall want you to travel up by train in a day or two. I'll let you know what I need. Sir, all right, Benning. I suppose we'll have a national government for the next few years.、Mm. The country won't be prepared for such violent changes all of a sudden.、Uh, we'll see some new faces, I dare say, which will be quite a good thing. I'm getting tired of a lot of the old ones. But no one's going to start a revolution. What about me? Well, you're not in the running, Michael. You've opted for peace and quiet. I've changed my mind. What do you mean? The starving millions want a leader to take them into the land of promise. Very well. I take back my refusal, Ernest. Your offer is accepted. This isn't a joke, is it? I was never more serious in my life. I shall come up to London with you tonight. I must go and see to things. What's he talking about? I had a feeling he wouldn't back out of it. What is it you're asking him to do? The government want him back in Europe, but this time in the political field. There's no one better equipped for the job. I still don't understand. Is it really true you knew nothing of your husband's work all these years? What work? How much do you know? Only what I've read in the papers. What else is there for me to know? <laughs> very great deal. Michael was in touch with our people over here from the very first moment he landed in Greece. What?、Yeah. He's been in contact with them by wireless for the past three years. 
He built up a secret organisation, people who watched and waited and sent messages to him from the occupied countries. It was those people in the Balkans, Holland, Belgium, who helped our armies on the continent, all due to Michael's help. Michael did that? And with the risk of exposure and death hanging over him day and night all that time. When did you find out? Only a few days ago. His identity was known only to one or two people, certainly not to an ordinary politician like myself. Like you and like all his friends, I believe that Michael Wentworth crashed into the sea in 42 and was drowned. You mean... It was all a blind? Yes. How could he have been so cruel? The best soldiers have always fought the hardest wars. How could he leave like that, smiling and cheerful, knowing what he was going to do? He happens to be rather fond of his country too, Diane. Oh, you believe that? You think he gives a damn? You've heard him laugh at all the things we've been trying to do here at home. Do you think he cared for one moment? Or cared whether I broke my heart or married another man? Oh, my dear. I do want to love him as I loved him before. You're very unhappy, aren't you? Yes. There's a terrible conflict in your mind. You've given love and loyalty to two men. And you've had to choose between them. Oh, there's never been a question of choice. Michael came first, always. Mm, but you want your choice to be justified, don't you? Richard is a fine, unselfish man. He made me feel a person in my own right. He can live without you. Michael can't. He's managed well enough for three years. Don't you see? That's the only thing that kept him sane. The thought of you and Robin and all this... If I could believe that, it would make everything else bearable. I'm ready when you are, Ernest. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get roaring drunk tonight to celebrate the peace. If Diana wasn't such a wet blanket, she'd come up with us. But it wouldn't do for Diana Wentworth MP to be seen fighting in the streets. The girls' training corps might get to hear of it. I'll come with you if you really want me to. No, you'll be far happier down here with Nanny and Robin. What are your plans? Does Venning know? Have you given orders about packing? Yes, everything's laid on. I'm a quick worker when I get going. You can give me a bed tonight, can't you, Ernest? Yes, of course. Why didn't you go to my flat? Your flat? Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Do? You haven't seen it yet. I don't think I'd want to. I'd feel wrong there. Oh, what nonsense. Why doesn't Diana come up in a few days and both of you go to the flat? You won't be off for a while, I imagine. Yes, why not? Where will you be going this time? Germany, I suppose, to join the fun and frolic with the rest. Michael, Ernest's told me the truth. About what you did. How very indiscreet of you, Ernest, to give away state secrets. Isn't it time your wife knew something about your life? My dear chap, it's always a mistake to find out too much about anybody else's life, and the closer you are to someone, the less you ought to know. Cynical nonsense. Do you really mean that, Michael? Of course, my sweet. What about a little drink before we go, Ernest? Not for me. Actually, I haven't the slightest idea what I'm going to do, nor is Ernest. But I suppose first thing tomorrow morning I shall be dragged like a reluctant schoolboy before a lot of old gentlemen and they will talk me over for a week and then decide to send me in a special plane to some godforsaken spot and this time I really shall fall into the sea. Now stop that now, Michael. Well, I'll just go and tell the chauffeur that we're leaving. 
Ernest being tactful. Is it really necessary for you to dash off with him this evening? Once I've made up my mind about a thing, I like to be off and away, you know that. Anything else is anticlimax. Why are you doing this, Michael? Is it a sudden wave of patriotism? It isn't that, is it? Not exactly. What then? You came to a decision today, didn't you, that was difficult for you to make. Don't ask me how I know. I understand. Oh, my God. And I thought, if you could win your battle, so could I. I suddenly realised that if we are going to make any future for Robin, for ourselves, I've got to help those people in Europe, just as you're going to help those over here. There can be no sitting back yet a while. Not for our generation. That's the way you used to talk to me. If you really feel like coming up in a few days, it'd be nice to see you. Here's this young fellow back. Why don't we take him with us, sir? He wouldn't want to come. Why are you going to London, Daddy? I've got to see some people. When are you coming back? I'm not sure. You must come up with Mummy in a few days and join him at the flat. Before I go back to school? Yes. Smashing. I'll see you out there, Michael. Me too. Yeah. What's the fastest your car's ever done, sir, Ernest? About 60 miles an hour. Don't come out. I hate anyone waving goodbye from a doorstep. It gives one such a feeling of finality. There are so many questions I haven't asked you. I wouldn't bother if I were you. Will you promise to tell me next time you pretend to plunge into the sea and drown? Next time I'll take you with me and we'll make a proper job of it. <laughs> I believe you enjoyed it, Michael. And never thought of me at all. I didn't think of anyone. You remember the Irish airman? I quoted him to my sergeant pilot before we crash-dived. Nor law nor duty bade me fight, nor public men, nor cheering crowds. A lonely impulse of delight drove to this tumult in the clouds. Good night, my darling. Good night. Goodbye, Daddy. See you soon. The bells! Mummy! Mummy, the church bells. Can you hear them? Yes, darling. Who are you ringing up? Uncle Richard? No, Miss Jameson. I bet he's listening to them too. Uh, number 32, please. Is that Miss Jameson? Have you got that message to the GTC that we were working on this morning? That's right. Good, because I want to alter the end. Yes. Just put instead, we hope to build a wiser, happier Britain, where our children and ourselves shall grow in courage, faith and understanding. Yes, that's all. Thank you, Miss Jameson. Good night. Hello, Nan. Aren't the bells wonderful? Aren't they lovely? Venning tells me the Colonel will be away for some time. Yes. The government want him for a very important post. Will it be abroad? I'm afraid so. Uncle Richard is going away too. To Wales. Yes, he told me. Can we go up and see Daddy before he goes, Mummy? Yes, darling. 
It's strange, isn't it? I was saying to Venning in the kitchen. All over the country, people have been longing and waiting, praying for this day to come. And now that it's here, it's been just like any other day. The war's over. Peace has come. And I suppose we shall all go back to being just the same as we were before. Shall we? I wonder... The Years Between by Daphne du Maurier was adapted for radio by Jill Hyam. Diana Wentworth was played by Diana Quick, Michael Wentworth by Roger Allam, and Richard Llewellyn by David Collings. Sir Ernest Foster was played by Frederick Treves, Robin by Peter England, Nanny by Tessa Worsley, Venning by Michael Tudor Barnes, Miss Jameson by Jilly Bond and the vicar by Derek Waring. The Years Between was directed by Cherry Cookson. <laughs>